Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Welcome to the Inner Revolution, everyone. I am your host, Dr. Renee. Welcome back yet for another amazing week. This week is no exception. We have another fantastic guest that I'm really excited to be introducing to you. But before we get started, again, if you are new to the Inner Revolution, thank you for following our podcast. And we are dedicated to examining all of those issues socially, emotionally, physically, metaphysically that manifest within us and that we are deeply looking to improve, to improve our overall course in life as well. So if you have yet to follow the podcast, please go ahead. As I say in every podcast, I know you got that phone in your hand. So go ahead and go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and go to iHeartRadio and look up the inner revolution with Dr. Renee and go ahead and follow, subscribe, write us a comment. We love to have your feedback. The show is doing fantastic. Every single week we are we are making it. We are ranking every single week. So I am super excited and we can't do that without you. So let's go ahead and get started with the show today. I am really excited. First and foremost, I have had the joy of knowing this beautiful soul for several years now. I have watched his soul journey, his own healing path, and really coming into who he truly is and living that life now, which is, there is no better um, vision. Let me tell you, for me as a spiritual coach and person to be able to watch people really living into their truth. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Dr. Danny Lee Harris. And Dr. Danny is absolutely amazing and is the author of an incredible book called From Cradle to Grave Emotional Maturity, which is just the first book in a series of eight that he's going to talk a little bit about with us today. And I'm really excited about this book. And also the president of Truth, Touching Right Underneath the Heart, nonprofit organization. And it sounds absolutely beautiful. And I think the most significant thing you're going to learn about Dr. Danny today is that he truly is a father a family man, um, one who absolutely has lived into his responsibility, does not take that for granted, and lives every day to his ultimate highest, that, that he connects with source, God, whatever we want to call that out in the world, you're going to hear these words. It's really evident in what he does. So let me go ahead and get him on the show. Hello, Danny. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Dr.? I am fantastic. I am so excited to have you. I know this has been a show in the making for us, and we have known each other for so long now. I think it's like almost three years. <laughs> it's yes. been a while. Yes. I thank I, you for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Honor. Time is flying by. Yes, it is. It is. And you have an incredible new, well, I'd say new baby. She's not that little, but um, newer <laughs> baby. And how is life with the little one? Life is awesome. It, it really is. I have uh, 
little Danny, little Danielle, and she's three. Uh, amazing child. She is um, part of the, I like to call it up syndrome, also known as down syndrome crew. Uh, she's the most loving, amazing, and beautiful gift that, that the creator that my higher source could have ever blessed me with. I am I am super excited about uh, raising her and rearing her and letting her just be her, her authentic self. She's yeah. an amazing child. Absolutely. And isn't it, you know, it's no accident because I was going to say, isn't it beautiful that she came at this time in your life? Uh, she came at the perfect timing, in which I do believe that everything happens in perfect timing. I don't believe in coincidences. Her life and her birth uh, was pivotal to my spiritual growth, my personal growth, and to helping me get past some of life's toughest uh, challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I feel you on that one. My two have been an absolute joy and blessing in my own growth. And I am in awe every day of what they do. And I learn so much simply by being in their presence, as I'm sure you, you're experiencing as well. Now, you have some other children as well, right? I do. I have two grown sons. Uh, my oldest is 29, Jason, and my middle child is 20, uh, Dante. And they are also amazing children. They are young men that is exceptional. And I am so grateful to uh, be a part of their growth and their development. And I'm, I'm grateful that they chose me as dad. Mm-hmm. And, and they are just amazing men as, as well. Oh, that's beautiful. And you know me, my main area of research, particularly is in the field of social and emotional development and health. And I've written a lot about safeguarding the emotionality of young men in general. And I'm really excited about your book that we're going to talk about here in a little bit related to emotional maturity. But can you tell all the listeners just a little bit about Truth? Because you're the president of Truth. And it sounds like an amazing organization. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Truth is uh, a 501c3 here in Georgia. It stands for Touching Right Underneath the Heart. It was birthed actually years ago. I would say about eight or nine years ago. And due to my present circumstances at that time, I didn't put no energy or effort into it. So everything happens in divine order. Uh, After the finalization of a divorce in my life, I decided to go ahead and put the energy behind the passion and the reason for the birth of truth. And truth is a nonprofit organization that is like a tree and it Mm -hmm. deals with every aspect of humankind. So we have something for the mature group, the middle group, the young adults, the teenagers, and of course the children. So we cater to all of it. And the, the, the main point of truth is to help people turn their contrast and challenges so you turn your pain into power, your 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 test into a testimony, because I believe that we go through some spiritual test in life. Mm-hmm. You turn that test into a testimony and you become victorious. You no longer walk around with the victim mentality, but instead you are a thriver and a survivor and you understand that all of that is tied into Everything that you go through is tied into a greater purpose, a greater you. So the whole idea and concept of truth is to help people take their trials in life and turn them into triumphs. And how they do that, Do we do that through many means. Number one is the book. I'm also a life coach, so I do 
one-on-one coaching as well as group coaching and also classes. So I, I can reteach healing, you know, things like that. So there's so many entities of it. Uh, Danielle, my daughter has a, a sector in under truth where we deal with disability. Well, I don't like to say disabled children, but that's what the world knows them as. Right. I like to call them super kids. Uh, yeah. These are super kids and these are superpower kids and they are the most loving and most giving and we can learn so much from our uh, special super kids and I feel like uh, they need to be spotlighted so we also have a program for that we have a school support program where we give kids that are improving quickly and turning things around quickly for themselves we give them incentives to keep on improving and things like that so there's so much that truth does but that's why I like to say it's a tree and there's many many branches of truth Oh, absolutely. Sounds like such a beautiful organization. Um, We're going to have the link on the radio page. If anyone's interested in looking into that, it is truthinc1.com, truthinc1.com. But we'll have that link right on the Blog Talk Radio page for you to check that out. Now, also thinking about helping people to turn around their plight in life, your book really kind of walks into a lot of these questions that you sort of pondered over the course of your own life, like, why am I here on earth? And what am I doing? What is my purpose? Um, You know, and all those kinds of things. So the book is called From Cradle to Grave, Emotional Maturity. And this is the first of eight, correct? That is correct. So what made you think about, and I think I know the answer, but because I remember working with you, but why did you decide to write eight? Eight was the number of new beginnings. Um, And honestly, it came to me after meditation. So I didn't know how many books was going to be in the series. I just knew I wanted to write a series. And eight just kept surrounding me. And I was just like, okay, I get it. It's eight. You know, so (laughs) I don't even have, this is, you know, I've started these series, but I don't even have all eight titles yet. I have about five titles. So the other ones will come in its own timing. But right now, just writing the second book and finishing the second book now, the From Cradle to the Grave, All About Love, that book. You know, it just, it's when you write one, it kind of goes into the second, the second kind of goes into the third and so on and so forth. Right. I'm super excited about this series and eight or, and also the first book is white, the cover is white, but the other seven books is in the chakra colors. And that's also came to me after meditation. That wasn't something I thought of on my own. (laughs) It was just like, oh, okay. So this is the colors of the rest of the uh, books. It's all the chakra colors. So, which is really amazing and really awesome. And it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, as I'm writing book two, I recognize I had got, I, I wasn't stuck. I, I, there was a reason why I couldn't pick up my pen to write mm-hmm. uh, book two for many months. And I was like, I don't understand. I want to finish it and I want to kind of run through the series and just get it out. And I got stuck until I realized I was supposed to go ahead and go on this personal spiritual journey, which I had a chance to do in Sedona, Arizona on January 1 of this year. And that was the most amazing trip. And when I came back, I realized, ah, I know why I couldn't finish the love book because I needed to go ahead and fall in love with myself. Yeah. And so, it, it, and although I thought I was, it was the trip that really revealed to me that I needed to be on a deeper level in order to finish this book. So everything happens, like I said, in divine order. And it's been an amazing journey. But emotional maturity, that book uh, was heart-wrenching to write. Uh, from for me and because I share so much and I'm so open about things that have happened in my personal life it 
it took me a little while to write that book because it was things that I have spoken about but never wrote about. Mm. And believe it or not, the energy is very different when you're writing than when you're speaking. Yes, and so as I tried to write some of this stuff, it was extremely difficult. I mean, I really had to go through a purging period of just allowing myself to feel whatever emotion came up, let myself deal with the emotion, let myself accept the emotion, and then let myself get through the actual writing of it. And it was it was liberating. It, it was very liberating. And I realized that, you know, in order to, to get to an emotional mature way, you have sometimes have to go back. You have, you do. I don't even, no, I take that back. You don't have to sometimes. It always always have to go back. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, when Mm -hmm. you talked about going on your spiritual journey, because as you know, I did something very similar recently of the last couple of years, found myself in India. And I had already finished book one, but I really found that my life was sort of unraveling before my eyes. And every time I tried to write book two, which was the next phase of my life, the first one took 40 years to get to and only took me 30 days to write. But this one has a shorter period of life to write about and it's taking me forever to write. So there is something to be said about the emotional journey within writing. So, you know, I was talking with the love of my life and we were talking about the other day that spiritual teachers, coaches, healers, light workers, grid workers, wherever you mm-hmm. fall on the spectrum, um, really it is important that we recognize that there are times that we have to walk away from teaching and healing yeah. and we have to go yeah. into our own healing. And Absolutely. a lot of people aren't willing to give themselves that time. They'll do a day or two, but they won't really take months off or weeks off. They're petrified. Yes. They're going to lose yes. something, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm so proud of you for doing that. Yeah, so you can't you can't successfully fulfill or help somebody fulfill themselves because I don't believe we actually do anything as healers. I believe that we just point you to the inside of you. Right. Uh, we all come to me equipped with the answers for our life, and it rests within us. And, and some people right. call it spirit, some people call it God, uh, Holy Spirit, whatever you call it. But it, there's an internal compass that you have, and that you was created and born with, and it's the duality of who you are, and that has to be, uh, or my job is just to help you point you in the same direction as your spirit God, as, as, as whatever you call that guided internal compass. And you, you need to align yourself with that in order to actually just live and be authentically who you were supposed to be, who you was created to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's our job. Our job is just to point people inward. My life uh, journey is not going to mirror anyone else's because it's mine. And But however, my trials and tribulations and some of the contrasts that I've been in life will mirror some of the contrasts and tribulations that other people have. And these are the things that I write in my books that helped me get through. And in yeah. all of it, we'll all come back to the same thing, internal, you know, going back in with understanding what that looks like, what that feels like, what that is, and then the healing from the inside. And then as you heal the inside, guess what? You illuminate this light that's so bright on the outside, mm-hmm. you then start to shift in a way that you start to attract different people, places, things. You know, you start to realize that, oh, wow. You, you almost feel like you're losing at, at a point. You almost feel like you're, I'm, I'm losing so many people. I'm losing so many things. I'm losing so many material uh, items and stuff like that. But you actually are unpacking, unloading. Yes. And undumping all the stuff that we've been dumped into, that's been dumped into us since since birth, and we're recognizing, and we're able to walk into our authentic self. And it's the it's the most beautiful transition. And if you understand it, if you 
embrace it and you recognize what's happening. You know, it's not about loss. You're actually gaining more. Yes. But the but the more is of substance because it's pertaining to you and it's pertaining to the soul of you, the spirit of you, and you're recognizing you and you're able to look in that mirror and deal with some of the hard stuff so that you can undump and then become who you authentically are. And that is not angry, but loving. Mm-hmm. Not bitter. You know what I mean? But motivated. You know, those those are the things that happen when you turn inward. And that's what the emotional maturity book is all about. Yeah. And what do you feel was your greatest question that you asked over the course of your life in your own emotional journey? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. That was the greatest question for me. Why I knew. And I remember being a child, like uh, right before teenage years. And I remember feeling like I was in a movie. And I remember like, this, is it real? Are we really here? Right. Is, is this a dream? And I remember that feeling and that feeling has never left me, but it was so pivotal as, as far as helping me to seek out the answer to that. And I recognized, no, it gotta be more than growing up and, you know, listening to your parents and everything they say, and then regurgitating all that to your kids and having a family, getting married, having a white picket fence in the house and mm-hmm. getting a job and Working for the years and then retiring and then dying soon afterwards. I said, it's got to be more to it. It has to be more to life than this. And that was truly the question that put me on the path to self-discovery. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is amazing because we as a culture are one that end up spending our entire life doing things that we don't love and looking at ourselves in ways in which we are completely unhappy and missing yes. the point deep down to the yes. core of the power that our divine God energy, whatever you want to yes. call it, has given yes. us to do the very work that we are meant to do. So that absolutely. that's absolutely beautiful that you were able yes. to find yes. yourself along that path. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's nothing greater and it's nothing freer than understanding why you're here, what your purpose is. Yeah. And then putting your yourself, your spirit, physical being, and your duality behind that. The energy shifts and you just like, wow, it almost seems like to become Superman or Superwoman, you know, and, and people don't understand where do you get the energy from? What do you get? It's called passion. You know, when you're driven by what you're here for and when you're driven by that passion, it's it's a light that you just can't dim. You know, you just like I I I actually wake up, I eat, I sleep, you know, I play, I do everything behind this passion. And it's, it becomes your focus. And when it becomes your focus, you recognize that, you know, certain things don't serve you anymore. Certain people don't serve you anymore. Certain places don't serve you anymore. You just recognize, okay, this is a shift. And this is shift is a good shift. Let me, let me shift with the shift <laughs> and not get sidetracked by, uh, quote unquote, the lack of, you know, like I, I used to be this person that was very, very well known. You know, I was in a political, uh, being a police officer for 18 years, I was in a very political arena and I was well known, especially in Georgia. And a lot of people knew my name. A lot of people knew of me and I had a lot of followers and a lot of people that, uh, yeah, you know, I think what you do is great and blah, blah, blah. And and, and all of that, but yet you, it's almost like standing in the room, but you're still so alone, you know, people, but you're still so alone. And I went through that period of like, no, I don't need people attached to me. And I went through this period of just shutting and, and, and and coming into my own self. And I recognized more than anything, I'm a loner for a reason, and I want to be. You know, it's not that I, I need people around me. I just recognize I didn't. 
before I did because I felt like that validated something for me. And then when I recognized I don't need the validation from anyone else, it's inside already. And then when I recognized, oh, I don't need to, you know, have a lot of people, you know, understand or like me, you know, because it's not, that's not my purpose and goal. You know, the circles that I'm closest to are not necessarily the, the circles that I will change, you know? So things like that, you know, just growing emotionally and recognizing things on a different level, it, it makes your life so much sweeter. It and and you just really don't walk around with any complaints. I don't complain about anything. There's nothing to complain about. That yeah. really is it. And you mentioned that about really being able to not be consumed with the perspectives of others, being able to live, you know, deep within yourself. But a lot of people struggle with that and really are unable to find their way and their path to that. What recommendations or suggestions, um, you know, do you sort of, you know, want to provide our listeners today in which they can maybe start that path to really not being so influenced by the external? That is an awesome question, Doc, and, and, and it's really a much-needed question for anybody going through any personal transformation. The only answer for that is inward, and I cannot stress that enough. When you learn self-love, when you recognize who you are and why you're here, the other things become less important. So the only way to get there away from the opinions of others and the and, – and the, the words of others and, and the value we place on others is to go inwards to understand you, to love you. And that yeah. it comes back to self-love. Once you have embraced and engulfed yourself, and, and I, when I say self-love, it, it's more than just the word. That, that four-letter word is the most powerful word in the universe, and yet we still don't grasp the reality of what the word means. Right. But self-love to me is Taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Those four areas need to be in alignment with why you're here. If you don't have those in alignment, you're always going to be sidebarred by what someone thinks of you, what someone says about you, what someone feels about you. But when you're in alignment with those four things, you're so busy, you don't have time to worry mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, you, very you true. Really you become engulfed. In self-love. And the greatest thing is, some people say, and I used to be one of those that used to say this as well, when you're engulfed in yourself, you've got to be selfish. But it's absolutely the opposite. Right. You need to be engulfed in yourself in order to love everybody else properly Amen. and in your right and in your way. So I had to learn to be selfish, which I, it was very hard for me to do because I'm an empath. You know, I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I, I got to put everybody else first. I gotta, you know, that was my attitude before. And then I recognized, oh, I've been doing it backwards. The reason why I'm not fulfilled and I'm trying to fulfill other people and I'm still not fulfilled, it's not going to work that way. Right. I have to fulfill me. I have to be selfish in that area in order for me to be able to help change everybody else around me and help them point them to themselves and to their higher uh, calling, into their higher being, into their spirit guides. And I can't do that if I don't do it. So I right. recognize it's all oh, I've been living this all of, this has been all a lie. <laughs> Everything right. I learned was a lie. And now I have to now that I know the truth, it is all about me and self love. So I take care of myself physically. I take care of myself. You know, I feel better. You know, it's just a matter it's just as simple as I change my eating habits so that I can feel better and more energized throughout the day. That's self love. 
Yeah. You know, I listened to the doctors when they said, your cholesterol is too high. Ah, and, you know, I got a problem with uh, eating too much ice cream. That that really is my problem. Yeah. My cholesterol is actually hereditary. My dad had it, and all 12 of his children have high cholesterol. So yeah. I know it's hereditary. So it really wasn't about my diet, but I knew I wasn't helping with my diet. Right. Either. So I said, okay, you know what? Uh, uh, this is hard, but let me go ahead and do it. You know, let me take care of me. And then on top of that, I got a 30-year-old and a 3-year-old. I got to be around a lot more longer right. <laughs> with a 3-year-old, you know? So that means that's loving on me, you know, mentally. You know, making yeah. sure that I deal with the emotional side of the things that have happened to me because I didn't realize I was suffering from PTSD yeah. for many, many years. So I had to deal with the emotional side. And then, you know, the physical side. I said, I, I, I've always been athletic, but as you get older, you know how that goes. You know, uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't like walking to the... <laughs> I'm going to drive up to the mailbox today. <laughs> you know, you, we, stop, we stop doing things that will keep ourselves physically engaged. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, I went to Sedona and I went and climbed the mountain for the first time in years. I thought I was going to die. I was like, what the world? You know, but again, I'm this athlete that I, I forgot about the energy of being able to be blessed enough to have legs, you know, fingers, arms. You know, I can climb a mountain. That right there within itself was a blessing to me because you know how many people wish they could climb that same mountain but can't, right. you know, for whatever reason, you know, and is understanding and appreciating that which we had and enhancing it. So that means I have to get up and do push-ups and sit-ups and that means I have to get on the treadmill and go to the gym. Yes, I do. You know, so it's the physical, it's the mental, uh, the emotional and the mental, I, I feed my mental with stuff that's good for my soul. Yes. I don't watch the news. I don't really watch too much TV at all. Yeah, um, we now don't that I have we watch Disney Plus and, you know, I'm watching tablets with her and things like that. But for the most part, I don't watch. I'm like, why am I paying for cable? I don't watch TV. My exactly. TV stays off 99% of the time. So I feed my, I watch Gaia. I don't know if you know about Gaia, but Gaia is a, to me, a spiritual Netflix. And um, that's what I do. I put my laptop on and I'll watch some episodes of Gaia to enhance my, my mental. You know, I, I, I read things that enhance me and I, I, I listen to some of the greatest motivational speakers and things like that to enhance my mental. But over and over, overall, it makes me, Danny, a better person. I feel healthy. I feel like, you know, I, I'm in light. I'm really light. You know, news makes me heavy. I recognize that. It I can't does. watch the news. It, it makes does. me heavy. So I, why would I want to walk around heavy? No, I don't want to. So I don't watch it. You know, I get Facebook news and Instagram, <laughs> you know, because people post it. Other than that, I don't really know what's going on at the top, you know. But at the end of the day, it's about taking care of those four areas, because when you do, you will realize nothing else matters. Yes. And I think people are so consumed with needing strategies, you know, and we can talk about, and we'll talk about meditation here in a little bit, but, you know, I was thinking about in my course, The Unbecoming, and it's a four-step process. It is. And there are specific skills and things like that, that we do learn to deconstruct and reconstruct our identity and reemerge and, you know, kind of move back into that. And how do you heal and how do you go through all those things? But most of the time it is this simple. It is about just waking up every morning, starting every day anew. I, when I wake out of bed before my feet touch the ground, mm -hmm. I do five things. I always mm. stretch my body. I yeah. always do my breathing and my relaxation for just mm -hmm. a couple minutes, just enough to catch mm -hmm. my breath, get myself mm -hmm. centered. I mm -hmm. always do my um, gratitude, what I'm grateful for. Yes. And I always yes. do my forgiveness too. Yes. And, yes. you know, and, and in addition to that, I always pray. 
And, you know, those are the five. I mean, that's my core of every day. Now, it may not always look as pretty (laughs) every single day. Sometimes it looks ugly. But I'm telling you, you've got to get into a practice. And it sounds like you know what you're doing in that practice now. But people still, and this is why I was so Mm -hmm. enamored by the name of your book, because in psychology, right, from from cradle mm-hmm. to grave really does represent the life cycle approach to everything, how we look at yes. it from the beginning all the way through its cultivation and to the end. And I love when you were talking about duality because I'm very much yeah. a follower of the Tao and really studying that now. And one of the biggest aspects is about being able to see that without death, we can't see life, right? Without Absolutely you know, sickness, we can't see health. And these things have to be present for us to be able to appreciate them. And it really does sound like you're doing that. Absolutely. You have to understand and recognize the pendulum and why they're there and and embrace them, you know, embrace them to to the whole. I'm not one to look at death the way that most people look at death. And I have been plagued by, in my family, death. My mom died when I was 17. Dad died when I was 24. Lost my entire middle family. But all of them, by the age of 42, was the baby. She was the oldest when she died. She died at 42, which is my grandparents' kids. You know, so they lost all five of their children at the very early ages. And and so death has surrounded me my entire life. I grew up in, the, you know, what we call the ghetto, the hood. You know, mm-hmm. grew up in, in, in Spanish Harlem. And... And, and, and life in the beginning just didn't seem like there was any prospects, <laughs> you know, in the beginning, yeah. it just didn't seem like it could get any better than this, you know, but it was because of the journey. It was because of the the things that I have experienced that it taught me so much uh, humility, but more than anything, gratefulness. I am a statistical survivor. You know, I was definitely one of those people that should have been a statistic, period, end of story, you know, in many ways. But I, I chose not to. You can. You can fall into the cycle of what has come before you and the, 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 the things that haunt our families and the things that haunt us. But understanding that, no, there's actually another side to this, and that's understanding the pendulum, which is what you mentioned. It's understanding, no, this is, this is the, the, the lowest of the low, but it doesn't mean I have to stay here. Right. It, it means that I can, I can like, like now, one of the things I never eat now is oatmeal cookies, you know, and the reason why it's the story behind that. Oatmeal cookies used to be dinner for us growing up. So mm. my siblings, my mom's five kids, none of us eat oatmeal cookies to this day. <laughs> We're like, oh, forget oatmeal cookies, you know. But it's a blessing to be able to say that. It's a yes. blessing to be able to understand. As simple as it sounds, I don't ever have – my daughters, my kids have never had to have cookies for dinner. Yeah. I don't care what kind. They never had to have – they never uh, – and they never grew up in the hood. You know what I mean? Just the simplistic things that we take advantage of that we don't understand. You know, so when you have the other side and you want to move from the other side, you recognize there's another side. Oh, I don't have to stay here. Let me go over here. You yes. know, let me do something different so that I don't have to be in this. You know, I grew up in a group home system. Like I would never want to put somebody in a group home system. Mm-hmm. You know, I sur- I have been that person that snatched people out of the system, you know, and make sure that they don't go through the system because of my experiences. So again, we have to understand the balance and the reason why things happen and take that and be grateful, you know, be grateful. I, I, I can be bitter, but there's nothing to be bitter about. It's taught me everything I know and it's made me such a beautiful person inside out. And I recognize how I can take that experience and help someone else in yes. understanding that and understanding themselves because it's more about, okay, 
I don't want to be here anymore. Right. And I love that, that you said that there is always choice. And when we are bogged down into the heaviest of heavy, oftentimes we don't see that choice. We don't see the fact that where we are is a culmination of our own choices, life experiences, and fate in some way. But we can always shift it. And, you know, I was, I was looking at your book and, and, listening to you and you know one of the things that and i love seeing you on facebook when you do your lives and one of the things that really connects with me because being a mother of a young man now and having been a teacher for 23 years and a a psychologist and a coach myself you know Mm -hmm. i have really been passionate about the emotional well-being of people but i've only recently in the last 10 years really gotten super passionate about young boys and how they're growing and the impact that their their parents and and the family unit really has on what they become and yeah. you know i witnessed that in my own relationship that there were many years where it was just me and my kids and Absolutely. i used to feel really heavy in that as a, you know as a as a mom who i was married yeah. at the time but you know, was doing it all myself. And I was angry, very Mm -hmm. angry and very bitter about having to be placed in that situation. And, but then I recognized the beauty of it was he was Mm -hmm. with me and I was able to help my son emotionally really learn to evolve and develop as many single moms do. Right. But single dads are doing a great job too. So can you talk a little bit about this aspect of forgiveness and particularly yes. for our young males today as they yes, um, grow up and mature because i think it's just so beautiful and it needs to come from a man not me <laughs> yes that's a, that's an awesome point i think that um forgiveness is, is absolutely necessary for personal growth first of all forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving it's for you Right. And forgiveness frees you from the from the from the chains of the emotional tie that that situation, that person, that thing happened, whatever that is, that it is. That there is a if you can picture yourself and just picture your heart having a chain. And say it's a situation, say it's divorce, at least since you brought up divorce. So say it's divorce and, and you put divorce on the other side of you and you put this chain by your heart and you stretch that chain out and it goes to this divorce. Well, the only way to let go of that chain so that your heart is not bounded anymore is to cut that chain and to release that chain. And the only thing that releases that chain is forgiveness, yeah. letting it go, you know, understanding that, you know, things happen, things shift, things change. And it's okay. I, I myself went through a, a divorce recently and that divorce it just seems like i was yeah in the beginning i was very bitter um in the beginning i was very angry uh in the beginning it was woes me it, it, in the beginning i was the victim you know it was it, yeah. everything that happened in the beginning and it wasn't until i just actually embraced the divorce forgave my ex-wife and when i did that i was like wow this is what freedom looks like yeah it didn't matter said it didn't matter what she did it didn't matter what she, how she marred my character in public it, none of that mattered anymore i was like okay say what you want people who know me know the truth you know it is what it is okay whatever you know and it, it, it's carried me to this point of being able to be free you know and it, it's amazing when you free yourself what happens to the person who quote-unquote victimized you or the person that actually hurt you because you start to recognize wow all the stuff that I'm, I was sitting with, they are now sitting with if they don't change, if they don't embrace, if they don't forgive. You know what I mean? Then you look at it and you're like, that's how I looked? 
that's how I was. Yeah. And now that mirror on the other side, I'm like, whoa, I don't ever want to be like that. You know, I don't want to be that bitter. I don't want to be that angry. No. Why, why are you worried about things you don't need to be worried about? Just worry about the child. That's it. You know what I mean? That, that was my attitude. And, and, and I had to embrace it. This is her transformation as well. She has to go through it in order to get to it, you know, to, to who she really is. And that's not my job. It's, it's not my place. And but whatever it is, I had to release her to be able to do so. And I couldn't do that being chained and bogged down emotionally by the things that have happened. So I had to forgive in order to let go. And it's yeah. for young men, vital. It is absolutely vital. I think in this society, we still have that chauvinistic attitude of men don't need to show their emotions. Men uh, need to hold it in and da, 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 da. That's the worst thing we could teach our young boys. No, when you turn a child, whether it's a female or a male, into themselves, they will be in touch with their emotional side. They're supposed to be. Understand what their emotions are, whatever. Understand what they're feeling in that moment, moment, and then being able to say, okay, I don't want to stay here anymore. You know, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be this. I don't. And it's putting our children, especially our young men, like I teach my my 29, soon to be 30 year old. It's changing the vibrational frequency of your heart, and the yes. way that you do that is to forgive, and the way that you and to be grateful. All right. So everything that's happened to you, still be grateful. There's a silver lining in everything we go through if you look for it. Now, if you want to sit and say, woe's me, and I'm this victim, and they did this to me, and they did that, that, then you will stay there. Right. But if you recognize, no, even with my divorce, no, listen, I don't care what she did to me. It takes two people to make a relationship, and it takes two to break it. And it's okay. For whatever reason, I wasn't that best for her, and, and she was not that best for me. And it's okay. Okay, I can forgive me, and now I can forgive her. Yeah. You know, th those are vital. That is important to understand. You know, instead of sitting and pointing the finger, recognize, no, it's a still, you got three more pointing back at you. You need to worry about those three, not the one you're doing, the pointing, you know. Worry about those three. And when, when it comes to boys, when it comes to young men, like my oldest son, he's a very emotional kid, a young man. He's, a, he's, a, he's emotional now. He wasn't always. But it took me to go through the journey to understand my emotions so I could teach him it's okay. It's okay to be yeah. tapped into it, tuned in to your emotional side. It's okay. So now my, my 20 year old, he's a little different. He's one of those young men that holds everything in. But I recognize the more I stay consistent with me and how I interact with him, the more he's turning that page. Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing that the conversations have shifted, that it's a little bit different. He's a little bit He's he's more open with me now. Now he's, he's tapping into things that he didn't really want to tap into before. He's bringing up things that, like, for example, my first marriage, which ended, which was with my two sons' mom, I didn't recognize how my youngest son felt about that. And so he one day, a couple of years ago, he said, hey, Pop, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I really wished you and mommy, mom, mommy had stayed together. And I was like, I didn't know you felt that way. Wow. You know, because he kind of, he was four when me and his mother broke up. So I never recognized how it, how it bothered or affected him growing up. And he was like, and he, at this point he had decided to come back home with me and he was living with me. And he's like, no, it really affected me. And this is why. And I was able to listen to him and, and just hear him out and then explain some things because he was too young to understand then, you know, and then, you know, you know, express to him, you know, how, which is really good that me and their mom had a really good relationship and always have had a friendship and you know say we were able to allow each other to be free to be who we really are but we couldn't do that together and he yes. recognized that he understood that and it's it's a it's amazing what you do when you teach young boys especially 
forgiveness and what it looks like and how it is yeah. and how you, you have to first forgive yourself so that you can forgive everybody else. I and love raising that. a son yeah. is beautiful for for a mother. And don't ever let any man, any woman tell you you can't raise a boy. That is one of the biggest myths that I hear about single parents. My mom did it with five kids, two boys, three girls. You know, I've seen a lot of women and, and, and do it or whatever as it relates to their sons. Uh, that is not true. Because if you're doing the same thing with all of your children, they're going to get the same results in their personal life. Right. He will learn how to be a man by looking within. Your daughter will learn how to be a woman by looking at you and looking within. Your son will learn from his either his father or male figures in his life as he gets older and gets to that point. But right. all of it begins in the same manner. Turn them inward. Show them themselves. Yes. You know, let them be in touch with who they are. And I, I, I really despise when I hear people say, a mother can't raise a son. That is so far from the truth. Oh, it know. really is. And it's one of the biggest myths. You know, once you do it, you're doing the same thing. It doesn't matter the sex of the child. You're doing the exact same thing. Right. So when you're doing the same thing, they're going to be influenced anyway. And you want to influence them the best way you can. You know, so, yeah, there's certain things your daughter's going to pick up from you that your son won't. And there's certain things that your son's going to pick up from you. Guess what? Your daughter won't. I know. It's, it's a lot you know, it's about the their temperament, their personality, Absolute. and what Absolute. they're wanting to receive, right? My daughter right. has always been very mm-hmm. introverted emotionally. Uh, it's, we have this joke because she asked for this water bottle for Christmas that says, I like my water, like my emotions <laughs> bottled. And I died laughing that she wanted wow. this water bottle that said this. <laughs> and it's a joke because everyone knows this is my line of research, right? But right. you know, recently, my daughter's going to be 11. And She's really coming into her own now, which is beautiful to see, speaking her voice. You know, she's not afraid to talk to people, especially boys at school. When something's wrong, oh, she can tell them. And (laughs) I I love it. But she still shuts down in this perfectionism at times. She's very unforgiving of herself when she doesn't perform the way that she thinks she should. And we've recently been talking a lot about this. And the other day, I just held her. And she hugged me so tight, tighter than she ever hugged Aww. me in her life. And she didn't let me go. And she didn't do well on a math test. She's an advanced math, like God forbid, oh, right? Okay. Like, come on. Okay. Yes. But yes. She didn't do well. And she said, mommy, I screwed up. And I hugged her. I said, baby girl, when you are 25, first things first, <laughs> no one's going to remember fifth grade math. The other thing, there is no police that's going to come looking for your report card from fifth right. grade to remind you that you got a C on this one test. And third, I love you and I love <laughs> the woman you're becoming and don't you ever do anything different than that. And she hugged me Absolutely. and Aww. I do the same thing with my son. You know, yeah. I love yeah. how every teacher yeah. tells me how kind he is, how loving he is. Um, and I said, you know what, you know, you've done your job as a parent when you That's hear right. that, when other people like your children, you know, you've done yeah. well. And that's Absolutely. what, this human Absolutely. journey is all about. It right? is. All the other stuff is. is stuff. Yeah. It's tough. And it doesn't matter, like you said. I think that was one of the most profound things I've heard anyone say was what you just said. In the future, it doesn't matter. A lot of stuff that we put energy into today won't matter it's in the future. Matter. That's one thing <laughs> that, that I put energy into now. Like, if, for example, I'm, I'm engaged, recently engaged, and if my fiance and I is having a disagreement, I always ask myself without saying it out loud, does this matter? Yeah. So I find myself doing that. In the moment, what, do, what is it that we're discussing or disagreeing upon? And does it really matter? You know, and when I 
find myself saying, nope, it won't. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I didn't let it go. It's not about being right. It's not about, hey, no, I, you're going to hear my voice. Not, no, it's about understanding the importance of, does it matter? What is the importance of this right now? And how am I helping her to become a, a better version of herself in this conversation? Oh. If I'm not doing that, I need to let it all go. Because it's not, it's not serving a purpose that's what, what my life purpose is, which is everybody that's attached to me needs to come away from me with a better understanding of who they are and what they're here for. And if they're not doing that, even in my fiance's situation, even with her children, even with my children, even with my friends and, and, and people that are surrounded by me, I recognize that. Sometimes it's just not important it is. because as you turn the page and you recognize, you know, that dash that's in between the beginning and end of your dates, that's what all, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really is. What have you done to make an impact in somebody else's life in, the, in the calling of your yeah. own life? Because yes. in it, I promise you, it's tied to two things. It's tied to your passion and it's tied to service, no matter what it is. Yeah. And whatever your life goal, whatever your life passion is, is tied to those two things. And once you find that out and figure that out, you'll recognize a lot of this stuff we deal with it doesn't matter. So I don't spend time on it. So I'm considered to be very impatient, you know, when it comes to certain things, because I, I do have a model. I have zero tolerance for nonsense. It, <laughs> it, it really, if it just doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to yeah. let it be. It doesn't matter. And I'm not going to spend energy on it. That, that's it. That's all. That's I rather my mother. love my living mother. in the moment. Yeah. I, I'd rather do that. And that means if that's just me sitting with my family, with my daughter, with her arm around my neck, that's a beautiful moment. I'd rather stay there in that moment yeah. and understand how, how beautiful life is really when we start to learn how to enjoy the moment. Stop looking ahead. Stop looking back. Now, you do have to look back at certain things, like when you're dealing with emotional maturity. You have to look back. But, however, don't stay there. Start to understand. I'm dealt with it. I've let it go. Okay, now it's time for me to start living. And the only way you truly live it is to live in the moment where, as anything else, it's just merely existing. I don't want to just go through this life existing. I want to live. And I would hope yeah. everybody else would want to live as well. You know, you and said that you were, your work. right? Mm -hmm. You were impatient. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that, you know, I used to look at a weakness of my mother as impatience. And I grew up because she used to always say, I don't have time for foolishness. And, you know, now I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. And I, I see yeah. it as well in my own life. I don't want to be bothered yes. with that. Right. Now there was Absolutely. one thing and I, I'm telling uh -huh. you, this is, this is what the show gets like when you have a friend on, we're almost out of time. <laughs> Yes, so, yes, we are. Yeah. So I was going to say, this is how it always goes. Huh? We can talk and talk and talk. But Absolutely. I always Absolutely. ask the question. It's called the mm -hmm. footprint in the sand. And it's a yes. legacy question. And you kind of hit on it just recently. You know, thinking about looking back now and reflecting upon your life and the work that you are now doing, what is it that you hope to leave behind for, you know, those that are coming up behind you? I would hope to leave the that everybody has a purpose. Find your purpose, find your niche, find why you're here and give that. But but the most important thing in this thing we call life is to learn to live in the moment. That's where the universe, God, and everything else is at. It's yeah. not in the future, it's not in the past, it's in our moments. And when you live in the moments, guess what? You never have any bad days. You know, bad is a, is, a, is, is a word that I take out of, I have no bad days. 
all my days are good days. Why? Because I choose to live in the moment. When you live in the moment, guess what? All is well. Oh, Always beautiful. in the moment. Absolutely beautiful, my friend. And we have had such a good time having you here yes. in the inner revolution. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Nice. And I'll I will have you back on for sure because I know you're gonna finish up book two and you know that oh. my whole yes. my whole essence revolves around the heart. So that'll be a really great Absolutely, absolutely to have yes. you back on. So thank can you, you so tell much, our God. listeners how they can get mm-hmm. in touch with you? Oh, yes. You can always reach me. You can email me at uh, www.truthinc1.com or danny at truthinc1.com. You can reach me there and you can also reach reach me on social media. Uh, it's Dr. Danny L. Harris on, on Facebook and it's Truth also, Truth Inc. on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. And I was going to say, Dr. Danny, we need to get you more on Instagram. We know you live in Facebook, but we got to get you more on Instagram. I know. I am going to. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it. We can do some lives together for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, my friend, so so much much, for being here. It was such a pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great one. You too. And everyone, for Dr. Danny Lee Harris, I am your host, Dr. Renee, here in the Inner Revolution. Tune in next week for another amazing show. We will have the contact information for Dr. Danny on the Blog Talk Radio page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Inner Revolution. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Inner Revolution podcast with Dr. Renee. Be sure to come back again next week for another amazing episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Mudre, And you can also check out my website at www.transcendentheart.com. You can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. We will see you again next week.